0: This is a production of Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker.
1: Welcome. Certainly not lacking for anything to talk about today. As got some hoops news for the balls, and we also have Tennessee's biggest official visit weekend in a number of years, and we'll touch on some other news and notes uh, throughout the program as uh, we get to. What Uh, uh, Amanda is on the road traveling. What is, uh, first of all, Amanda, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm well. What is going on in the background? It sounds like your dog's <laughs> attacking a ferret.
2: No, my mom's giving my dog treats.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> probably, I would imagine that they're craft treats. Go to crafttreats.com. They bring you uh, our daily talking points, so we look forward to that. And, again, craft treats. Go to crafttreats.com. They've got the full-spectrum CBD treat. So they are awesome for pet anxiety or situational anxiety or car ride anxiety, all of that storm anxiety, and they help your pet with um, any sort of arthritis pain they might have for the elderly pet and all of us. You don't want your pet walking around with a cane, do you? Ethan, how
0: are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk some uh, Kennedy Chandler. Obviously, a big recruiting weekend for Tennessee and ready to get going.
1: Yeah, and I will say this too. Uh, Ethan is is playing hurt, uh, which he's not. He's not feeling incredibly well. I do not want to get into the specifics, please, but he's not feeling well. But that's how dedicated he is to his craft. So he's here, and we uh, certainly are glad that uh, he is a part of it. But um, yeah, and 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 he pulled the night shift because you probably <laughs> thought you were going to have to watch about an hour of the draft, but Kennedy Chandler. Yeah. As we start off our uh, daily off the hook with uh, news of the day, and that is Kennedy Chandler slipping, slipping, slipping. Um, Ethan, I think this is part of an evolution. And for those that don't know, Ethan's a big college basketball guy. So when you want college basketball knowledge, there's no better place to go. I just think we're in a period, that, Ethan. If you're not six foot seven to six 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 to eight wing man. If you're that six-foot point guard or that seven-foot center that used to dominate the league, I just don't know that we're going to see those guys a lot.
0: Um, Yeah. Drafted high, anyway. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, I was surprised that Kennedy did not go first, first round just because he's that good of a talent. I thought even being at just six foot, just a little bit undersized, his athleticism, just his raw talent for the game would be enough for someone to take him first round. Every mock draft you saw. Had him going first round, maybe late, but in the first round nonetheless. I thought the Miami Heat at 27, they obviously get um, Nikola Jovich, not Jokic, but Jovich. And they they don't get Kennedy Chandler, which they need a point guard right now. Kyle Lowry is not going to be in this league for very long. But getting to the pick, obviously Memphis also had a couple chances to draft him earlier. So this is a dream draft, dream scenario for the Memphis Grizzlies. They get to keep kennedy who is a hometown guy a guy that has a relationship with john morant a guy who didn't play at tennessee with eve ponds but it has that tennessee pipeline there now in memphis and you know kennedy's gonna fit in well there um he may not be great longevity wise in memphis just because john morant is going to be the guy there for some time but i know i believe tyus jones his contract is running out either soon or this year so he could be the number two option point guard wise in Memphis in a young core that's really starting to, you know, show what they can do and, and kind of break through onto the scene here and kind of getting back to why Kennedy would have fell this far. The, the You got to think undersized, but you also got to think he 60% free throw shooter as a guard. That's That's going to hurt a little bit and he's going to drop that far. Obviously the Spurs were the ones that took him at 38. I was a little mistaken. I thought the Spurs kept him. I did not see the trade for some time, but they did obviously trade him to Memphis, a whole bunch of that going on last night, but it's overall, I'd say it's a pretty decent landing spot for Kennedy.
1: Yeah. The, the, the trades in the, the trades in the NBA are absolutely insane. They're really hard to keep, keep track of. So, Um, He does end up at Memphis, and uh, again, that is a young team that's very, very exciting for the ones that flew under the radar. And then the guy that didn't fly under the radar was Arch Manning, who commits to Texas yesterday. Amanda, I don't, and credit to Ethan, who called it, I thought Texas was a little bit in the trail position because Georgia was more of a known commodity. However, I see the Texas move. I think it's a business like decision, just like his his other family members made with Eli, with Peyton. Steve Sarkeesian is a fantastic, um, a fantastic offensive mind. He's viewed that way in circles. Um, yeah. you know, he, he had the alcohol issues that was very publicized. If he's beyond that, good for him. Uh, Texas is a great school. I it makes a lot of sense from a business standpoint. What did you make of the decision?
2: I think it was a good decision. I think it was better for honestly, everyone involved in the sec that no one has to face him for at least two years until Texas makes that move over except for Alabama. We do, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> I think that with, with Sarkisian there, he's, he's in a good, in a good position though. I know everyone that's SEC, SEC, SEC. I mean, I guess everybody that's that's all aboard that is disappointed that they don't have to face him at Georgia now.
1: I I think it's pretty cool, and and I've been told I don't know this, but I've been told don't be surprised if the Texas Oklahoma move gets moved up. Um, partly because both parties just want to make a clean break, kind of like a little relationship. I don't know if that's going to happen, but can you imagine dating or being married to someone and say, Hey, let's continue dating while I flirt with other people for two years, three years. And let's do, let's see how that actually, I was told this time last year that if you remember the news broke at SEC media days, that they could go ahead and make this happen as soon as 2022, which would be this year. So that hasn't happened. It's probably not going to happen this year. I'll be surprised if it happens early, but, yeah, Ethan, I mean, ultimately, Arch Manning was n- not going to go to Tennessee. And I believe that Nico, <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> I believe firmly that he is a better fit. And I know that sounds weird, but I, I think they're both very mobile. I think Nico is a little bit more athletic, the ball really pops out of his hand. Um, I think that he will uh, he's he's fine Tennessee's fine and if you would have told a Tennessee fan a couple of years ago that Arch Manning's is going to go to Texas and not Tennessee when Tennessee fans are just griping and fighting to get relevant again Tennessee fans would have freaked out two years ago now it's like yeah who
0: cares. Yeah, having a guy like Nico, well, you hit it on the head. Having a guy like Nico, really, I guess you can't be mad at it because you you got a five star as well. Other, not all, not all schools have five stars right now. Not all schools have very athletic, very good quarterbacks coming into their pipeline that'll be there for at least two years. And another note, also for for some Tennessee fans that you know maybe dissent from that opinion that are kind of complaining about it. Like you said, he's not really considering Tennessee right now. Number one because never. they have n- number one because they have Nico. Obviously, that happened soon, but he never would have come when, when Nico got there. There's no way they would have competed for that, and he really wasn't on the radar to begin with in in the very first place. Um, but for those tennessee fans georgia and alabama was the alternative here so texas is absolutely the right place like no one should be should be downing that if you're a tennessee fan you should be very happy he picked texas because can you imagine a manning jersey in red and black or crimson just dominating you every single year that would get like you would not like that. So that would get old. The, the disdain for the for the Manning family already with the Peyton curse and everything else that would just continue to grow if Arch went to Alabama or Georgia. Texas is a good place for him, for him and for Tennessee fans. I think
1: Amanda. The other reason that it's a good fit is Tennessee's offense. They rush to the line. The offensive coordinator slash head coach slash Josh Heupel uh, basically makes the call at the line, signals it in. So it's really just kind of automatic, like getting pitching um, advice or direction from the dugout. That is not what the Mannings have done under David Cutcliffe. What the Mannings have done, that's the Omaha, Omaha. They have gone to the line with two plays. So that's what I guarantee you Sarkeesian is going to run. So they won't be as hurried, but they'll come to the line, judge it, look at everything, and make a play call based off of that. All this started at Tennessee. It's called freeze play. So that is what I guarantee they're going to end up doing, and that will better prepare him for the NFL. As far as which one's going to be better in college, I got no idea. Beats me.
2: I I think he was right to go somewhere that wasn't Tennessee or Ole Miss because I feel like the pressure on him is already so great. But also, if you go to Tennessee – or you go to Ole Miss and you're not as good as your grandfather or your uncle at Ole Miss. You're not as good as your uncle at Tennessee. I mean, you have to wear that. You're, you have the Manning name on the Jersey. People expect greatness. I'm not saying he won't be great. He might be great, but he might not. So I feel like the pressure there is extreme. So I don't blame him for not wanting to go to either one of those schools. And I also don't blame him for not wanting to go to Alabama or or to Georgia. Actually, I don't understand why he didn't pick Georgia, but I don't I don't blame him for not wanting to go to Alabama, especially with Bryce Young and and all that, if Bryce Young will even stay.
1: Yep. Uh let's get to a poll question today, and it's brought to you by our friends at Valls Automotive. At Vile's Automotive, they make Car Shopping Easy, it's their mission to be automotive, the automotive home of drivers in the Knoxville area. They provide a vast selection of used uh, vehicles, exceptional car care and customer service with a smile. Our local dealership uh, there at Files keeps a great stock of used cars, trucks and SUVs in inventory, which you can't find anywhere else. They do auto financing and they do car service and repair work. And the integrity is what sets them apart. They're on Callahan Drive, Files Automotive. Ethan, I know it's your job to come up with a poll question, but I have one. you can I, shocking. I, yeah, you can shoot. Man are shocking. shocking. Captain, Captain, control freak, at it again. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Well, all right. So, uh, Neyland uh, Stadium's new capacity will be one hundred one nine one five. Um, that's according to a source uh, from twenty four seven, confirmed by. <laughs> Mike Wilson, uh, I don't know who reported it first. Uh, I think Brent
0: Hubs was big on it also. But.
1: Well, I, I know, but it, it really doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. To it's totally different. Like If I'd have broke something like that in newspaper days for social media, you sit on it for 24 hours, you feel like you just won the Super Bowl. Mm. Now, at least it's like, who knows? <laughs> but um, I think Mike Wilson first reported but it doesn't matter. So I, what do you all think of the poll question? of uh, Do you care if Tennessee seats over 100,000 or not, because Amanda's probably just old enough to remember this. I'm, I'm really old enough to remember this. Michigan and Tennessee would go back and forth like every year and squeeze the seats together or add a few more seats or do something, and they would continue retopping each other. And I think at one point, it, Tennessee was the last leader. I can't remember, but it was something like,
2: 108,000.
1: Was it 108? Okay. It was 108.
2: 108.
1: But it was totally uncomfortable for everybody. Um, There there was no fan experience like you get at at particularly major league ballparks always stand out to me. No matter what the game, you have a good time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the fan experience was bad. So that kind of went by the wayside. Amanda, do you think Tennessee fans should care, if you guys are good with this poll question, if Tennessee is over 100,000 or not?
2: I don't think they should care how – I mean, they should care to an extent how many you can get in there. If you're over 100000 I think you should be good with that. The battle between Tennessee and Michigan was always going to end in Michigan's favor. Michigan, the big house, is a bowl. It is a bowl. Yeah. It goes down into the ground, and they could build out – I mean, they could literally build out to 200000 if they wanted to. Would it be a great experience? Probably not. But I've been to the big house a few times, and, I mean, it, they have unlimited – almost unlimited space to build out because it it goes into the ground. It's a bowl. And if you walk up to the stadium, it literally looks like it's maybe 10 stories high and that's it.
1: You could, it would be like the battle for Bristol when Tennessee and Virginia Tech played. And basically I drove, Two and a half hours counting traffic to watch TV because the press box was so far away that I couldn't see anything on the field. I mean,
2: it was it was that way for everybody in the stands. Like they just watched the giant the giant uh, jumbotron thing because no one could see anything. It's Bristol. It's the infield. It's far away. Like you can't see anything.
1: I I actually broke that story in like two thousand five that Bruton Smith wanted to do that. And um, I remember Mike Hamilton, the AD, calling me and saying, did he really say that? And I said, well, I wouldn't have written it if he didn't say it. And he he said, well, I'm just trying to do the math. Can you you help me here? I mean, how in the world is he going to pay each school $20 million? I'm like, I'm not sure. Well, Bruton didn't understand the TV rights. You know, he's not able to pay that out. And he thought he could just, he goes, and Mike was like, just do the math. $200 a ticket. I mean, how are we getting to each team gets $20 I said, well, I'm driving, but I'm sure you've done the math. And he goes, I have. It's this number. It's not going to make it. So, But ended up they made it happen. And I was a huge advocate of it. And it was a bad idea.
2: It's a terrible (laughs) idea.
1: I couldn't see anything.
2: Horrible. (laughs) Horrible.
1: Uh, I will admit when I'm wrong. I will admit when I'm wrong.
2: Any NASCAR fan could have told you that it was going to be horrible. Like anybody. I covered
1: NASCAR that. at the time too.
2: How did you know that was a bad idea? Huh?
1: I just thought it was a cool factor. <sighs> also uh, walking out of the stadium. Oh, and they had n- no idea how to handle the parking and and how to handle no. getting out of there. It was a three <sighs> hour sit in your parking space and uh, uh, sprained my ankle stepping off uh her, but that's a whole nother issue for an unathletic Dave. But um yeah, so a hundred thousand do you care? One way or another. Um what what oh. if we phrase it, Ethan? Help me mold. Oh, I've it already posted bit. it. <laughs> okay. It's up. Yeah. So I, I guess we would just assume if you can't edit or tweak it, maybe um a hundred thousand plus no matter what, or less than a hundred thousand better amenities. How about that? Can you
0: are you able to edit the yeah? Twitter? No one's no one's voted on it yet, so I am just going to delete it. Yeah, no, okay. edit, you just posted
2: like five seconds ago. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Let's edit the Twitter.
2: Well, I would Whoa. I would edit it to say, I think everyone wants to be above a hundred thousand, but I would edit it to maybe say, "Do you mind that you are not the biggest stadium in the nation?" Because that was the big that was the thing that was the thing was it was one hundred eight, and they were going back and forth with Mich- Michigan to figure out who's going to be the biggest i would form it to say are you okay with not being the biggest because i think everyone is going to say i want a 100,000 plus you, you, want, you want it
1: let's see what happens because yeah a 100,000 is pretty <clears throat> but i know a lot of people that go there and they still want the amenities to be better they want a tv hanging up in every one of the concession stands so that they don't miss anything of the game that sort of thing so How do I in my this? opinion in my opinion it would be better to have 98 and have Lord. Yeah. Ninety eight ninety nine and have a better fan experience. I mean I, I wasn't referring to the year.
2: Yeah, I was yeah. like it's, well,
1: it's not like it's yeah. not like I'm writing it's not like I'm writing a book, Amanda. But um so but I will tell you that um The place to watch the College World Series, even though the Balls aren't going to be in it, is uh, Big Orange Phillies, still entertaining uh, baseball. I love college baseball and what they've done with that sport. The ping of the bat and everything, great place to watch it, Uh, and it's a faster game. The Major League Baseball is Big Orange Phillies. They've got the quick bites. They know it's tough to get out of the office for a long lunch. They can handle you if you're listening during the lunch hour. They've got fresh ingredients. Uh, Casual shouldn't mean stale food options. They've got... Fantastic food and also stay while. They've got darts, billiards, live entertainment, and karaoke. Big Orange Phillies right there on Maynardville Pike. It's in the heart of halls, and you're going to love it. So prediction on the poll question. I'm going to say that it's going to be, I don't think it'll be as strong as you guys. I think it'll be more along the lines of 60, 40, 100,000, just because the number looks pretty.
2: I agree. I
1: I thought you would say more along the lines of like 80-20.
2: No, I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be that big of a split. I would say people are probably going to be looking for, well, why can't we have both? Why can't we have both of them? 100,000 and all the amenities.
1: Yep. Uh, Remind you that you need to set your notifications on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your audio and video content, please don't forget that because we will have sneak peeks of videos early in the week that we distribute later in the week. But if you subscribe to YouTube and set your notifications on, then you will have that sneak peek. And set your notifications on all kinds of uh, pieces of audio. If you're a a fan of a podcast, we've got separated interviews with Ben Joyce up. We'll have separate interviews with Craig Biggins talking about this upcoming recruiting weekend. So just an awful lot going on. You're talking about two or three pieces of content just on Spotify or Apple a day, uh, five or six pieces of content that come from the site off the hook So we certainly want you to check it out, I'm trying to be a little unique here with players. And we also have Chris Landry, who I think is absolutely fantastic. And he is going to join us next. We're going to break down Tennessee's official visitors, excuse me, what he thinks of them. And uh, Chris has his ear to the ground and in coaching circles. And he can give us a pretty strong idea where Tennessee stands in the recruitment of them. So we get an evaluation and we get a a little insight as to where they may be leaning. She is Amanda LaFrada. He's Ethan Stone. I'm Dave Hooker back in two minutes with Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. There we go. That was that Alice Barbecue right there, joined by our very special guest, Chris Landry now and Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. If you want to know more about football than all of your friends, I'm telling you, I am preaching to you. Go to LandryFootball.com. It's worth the subscription and you will uh, absolutely would be the guy who knows more, whether it comes to college, whether it comes to pro I and mean, Chris works for NFL team. So if he works for NFL team, then he wants to work for you. No question about it. Chris is going to be part of our uh, segment here in a moment, not uh, where we're talking Cruton, but first, uh, well, let's just go ahead and do that. It's talking Cruton and it's brought to you by city heat and air city Heating and air conditioning is provided East Tennesseans with honest, dependable heating and cooling service for over 50 years. They're awesome as city heating and air conditioning, the standard and they have integrity. So don't go for that. Oh, we'll do a twenty five dollar checkup. They bring you talking crouton. That's city heating and air conditioning.
3: Talking Cruden. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Who's on Tennessee's board? The names you need to know exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker.
1: All right, Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Chris, I want to
3: ask you, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well. I hope you guys are all doing well today. Happy uh, early weekend. uh, Happy Friday, whatever we call it. <laughs> right, the, I think the interwebs. Yeah, Amanda are and Ethan are shaking their heads saying Friday. Yeah, hey. yeah Ethan,
1: Ethan's playing hurt too. So, um, oh man, hey, you know, Ethan
3: got to got to love it. We'll, we'll add that to the scouting report. He there plays hurt. There we <laughs> go. He plays hurt. Okay, so here's my
1: take on the Arch Manning thing. Then I want to completely break down Tennessee's official visit weekend. I think Arch Manning made the right decision. Because, please tell me if I'm wrong, Chris, I lean on you, okay? Because Tennessee's offense goes to the line, Josh Hype will cause a play. The Mannings are used to going to the play with the freeze play concept of having two plays at the line of scrimmage. I think Sarkeesian is more apt to do that. Am I right or wrong in that that's a better fit for Arch Manning than maybe being at Tennessee?
3: Well, I think schematically it is, but really, to be honest, Tennessee was never in it. I mean, there yeah. was never even a, um, I mean, it was, you know, I for the relationship with Sarkeesian was the big reason. I mean, it, it, for me, it always, I got the sense and I'm going to find out because I'm, I'm going to the tomorrow. I speak at the Manning passing Academy. I usually do it except for, one year with COVID. So I don't know, maybe I'll find out a little bit more, but the relationship with Sarkeesian was the key. Uh, The the only thing that made it interesting was, you know, Texas is, we don't, you know, they got a long way to go yet. And, you know, so I, I think if Texas were like better further on, I think this would have been decided a long time ago. It was maybe some level of interest in Clemson that waned. I think if Sarkeesian was still at Alabama as the offense coordinator, he had he'd gone to Alabama. I mean, I think yeah. it's as simple as that. Um, I think I and I do think that in this case, if it wasn't Texas, it might have been Georgia. I think he liked Todd Munkin, and I think there's a bigger issue there. I think that first of all, it's you know he's they're an unusual family. They they're they've got you know they're well off city of Austin's big. The campus life is big. All of those things are big. Um, he's going to have unbelievable NIL opportunities, no place better than Texas. He's, he's going to make a lot of money. Unlike his brothers, he's going to make more money in college than any of them ever could have with the NIL deal. So I think it's more to that. Now, Sark's offense and how Sark teaches is the very reason why he really likes it now, I can tell you this: he liked Bill O'Brien a lot um I know that he did speak a good bit with him, and I know that particularly art uh Peyton spoke um you know uh got arch together with tom brady who who obviously has a close relationship and and worked with with Bill O'Brien a lot to give a kind of a first hand of account, so he really liked. Like those three schools, um, and I think he liked Brian Kelly, but it was never going to LSU, and and it was never an Ole Miss, it was never Tennessee. So to me, it was just about was Texas good enough, or were there enough concerns about the program to maybe put Georgia ahead or Alabama ahead? And um, I, because I think it was was Sarkisian in Texas the favorite. All along, but well, you know, you never know in these things.
1: Well, uh, that's true. Uh, I, I kind of felt Georgia. Ethan called it on uh, Texas. So, yeah, I uh, the two players. Just for the sake of argument, um, Arch Manning, uh, Nico. Which Which one? If you're starting a college football program tomorrow, and it's going to be Landry University, it's <laughs> esteemed um you've got more nil money than you can count i mean you're just dishing it out and we're also giving them uh we're giving them uh, all kinds of uh rubs from alice nest barbecue we're doing all that whoa deshaun watson
2: that sounds a little weird
1: no barbecue rubs barbecue rubs okay barbecue rubs but well played but well played well played (laughs) so barbecue rubs so um at Nest barbecue noodle so if you're starting a program tomorrow, who are you taking,
3: Arch or Nico? Well, it does matter what offense that you're running, and I do think that's a big part of it. I would probably take Arch uh, because I think he can run multiple things. He's the difference between the two. Is Arch is uh, he anticipates a little better? He has a more keen understanding of the layered passing game and route concepts and coverages as one might expect. I actually think Nico's, well, first of all, he's a little bit bigger. He's, uh, he's, I think even more athletic. The thing about Arch, it's different is arch is more like Archie. And I don't know, Dave, you may be, no, I'm, not. No, I'm not. Remember, I'm not. I know Amanda and Ethan didn't. I watch. I watch RG play at Ole Miss, and you talk. I mean, RG as a college player was better than his two sons. I mean, he was phenomenal. He was yeah. a great athlete and a great. Choir. I mean, and he, he you know, he, obviously the career with the Saints he was running for his life, but. Arch is more like his granddad in terms of physical gifts. Um, and it probably has a little bit to do with Cooper. Cooper was the only one that wasn't. his. Arch's dad was was the only one that wasn't a quarterback. It's a little more athletic, you know, running. He was a receiver for his injury, stopped his career. Um, so I think they're a little bit different. He's a good athlete, but he can do more things. If I was just looking at the physical gifts, Nico could absolutely, you know, uh, Nico's a, a, a bigger Marcus Mariota.
0: That's
3: what yeah, he is. I mean, so that that's that's really it's really good. And um, but 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 the uh, arch is different. So different doesn't mean better. I I do agree with your assessment that in order to do multiple things, if I was going to start one answer question, I would go with Arch because I can run any number of things. I think with Nico, I think like with Marcus, there's a certain staff of offense that, that you need to run, which by the way, really fits a lot of the up-tempo offenses. So I think that made him a real value. So I'm not striding the fence here. It's just if it were me, I would go arch and I could do a number of different things. Um, but I think Nico's a really good fit for, for Tennessee and a lot of modern style offenses.
1: Amanda, I want you to jump in here, but I do want to ask one question and it's poor journalism because it's a double question. So, but I'm going to do it anyway. I sent you the list of official visitors that'll be in town this weekend, considering what Tennessee has. Okay. First part of the question, what prospect that is not committed to Tennessee would they most want off that list? That's number one. And the second part, is what prospect are you hearing are they most likely to get following this weekend?
3: I don't know which one they – first of all, (laughs) they would never admit who they most want. Um, That's why I'm asking you. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know who they would most want. It's interesting. I haven't really thought it in that terms because um, I I would say – might be I'm always gonna go if if, if for me I might go with, with a with a big guy with a big defensive lineman. I think that's that's that and that's not a particular one that's just think that is just where you don't have enough depth and enough quality. So I would probably go there. I don't know which one is uh their they most because I don't really think that's I think there's several most wants. Um And I don't know, to be honest with you, because I just don't trust a lot of what I hear with who's most likely to commit, who most likely to do this. I I just I think it's all across the board. That's not a really good answer, but I don't want to just make something up and guess that I think this guy is most likely to commit this week because I just I think they feel good about several of them. But I don't know about this weekend whether, you know, if it's this guy over that guy is more likely to come in. I don't have a feel for that.
2: So back on the Arch Manning train, um, do you think – how hard do you think it's going to be to coach him considering the, his, you know, basically genealogy? How hard do you think it's going to be to tell him something different than Peyton – or Eli, or Archie. I mean, as a coach, that seems like a really big task.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be extremely easy because he's grown up into the full respect of coaching. You know, in other words, it's like, see, I, I, I think the reason why they chose it, I mean, I think Texas is a great school. Austin's a great location. But again, I'm going to go back to Sark. What they like is, what Sark teaches, what Sark coaches. they This is not like they just got to know him in recruiting. The Mannings have known Sark and like Sark, and that was a big – this is, I think, the biggest reason why he's going there is because of Sarkasian. So because of that, I mean, I think that's exactly what they want. First of all, how Sark teaches. I think Sark takes input, but he also is really good at teaching – and explaining and relating um, to different type personalities. I think Arch is – the kid is very humble, very kind of leveled and grounded. You notice, there's no news. No, I mean, you know, everybody speculated. You didn't see him uh, line up yesterday somewhere at the Manning Academy in front of a table in cameras with three hats. I mean, you know that could have gotten all that. And not, that's not them. That's not what they're about. It's a uh, – I, I don't even – somebody told me – I don't know this. Somebody told me it was a quick tweet, but that he doesn't even tweet. You know, so yeah. it was like – you know, so, like, that, that'll probably be the last time you ever see him. So, he's – I think he's going to be the easiest, easiest type to coach because he's very, very grounded. mean, I th- – there's a story, and I think this will sum it up. Um, when Peyton – was in high school. Maybe it was youth football. Or maybe maybe he's even his basketball coach. He mouthed off to his coach and Archie found out about it and put him in a car and drove to the coach's house and made him go apologize to the coach. That's kind of the way they are. You don't. You don't. You don't. uh, And then make them. And made him stand up in front of the team and apologize. So in other words, this is not. (laughs) I don't. I mean, there's no question. This is going to be. You know, everyone's going to think, well, this is he's got it. You know, he's got it made, and he's got all the answers, and he's got answers that can come in from. But they don't, and you know, you. I'm sure you guys have heard the story, but when, when he was at Tennessee. You know, David Cutcliffe thought, well, Archie, won't you come in on some of the meetings? And they insisted he come in on one of the meetings. We were putting in the offense. And, you know, Cut just, you know, I guess he wanted to include him. They turned around, and Archie, sound asleep. I mean, he was cutting knees <laughs> everywhere. It's like Archie has – and now this is his grandson. But I get the sense the way kind of that's done. I, I don't get the sense that Cooper – I'll be very supportive. I don't think he's going to be one of those, you know, you know, uh, you know, hovering dads that's going to want it because that's not what Archie was. Now I could be totally wrong because I haven't like talked to him about it, but I just don't get the sense that I think he'll be easy to coach. And you remember Eli? Eli got in trouble at Ole Miss, and they, you know, they. Archie's very protective of his kids, and I would imagine his, you know, Cooper's going to be protective of Arch. They all have been protective of Arch, which is why it's been really close. I don't think you're going to hear a peep. I mean, I think he's going to have to do media interviews because that's what you're required to do. But I think he's going to want to be the guy that's just the, be a leader and all of that. But he wants to be the ultimate teammate. I, I think, I, unless I'm reading it wrong, unless I don't know the family as good as I think I do. I think he'll be the easiest, most coachable guy you will ever find because of the fact that if he steps out of line, he's got a dad, two uncles, and a grandfather that would, if they need to, would say, you know, that's not really how you're supposed to do it. Whereas others maybe go into the whole status thing. This kid's grown up with a silver spoon and with the spotlight, people who do that tend to want to get out of the spotlight. And I think that's what you're going to see personally.
1: Yeah. With, um, Archie Manning, he, uh, I think people need to realize, and this is is going to sound like uh, some sort of criticism, but it's not. With the Mannings, most everything is pretty orchestrated. I mean, they, whether it's the production company, whether it's Peyton, Blacklisting media members that in his mind criticize him unfairly, whether it's, you know, whatever, Um, whether it's, uh, you know, there was a book written about Peyton at the same time the family was producing one. I know the author was not allowed uh, to speak to any of the Mannings and they told everybody. Uh, around not to speak to this person so i think people need to realize that that you know that's that's not a bad thing to have a plan but it's it's very orchestrated so they're very like, controlling very controlling, controlling. that's a good very
3: one. controlling and they're very media conscious they're very big on their public image and that may seem right. like okay that they're kind of fake i'm not saying that they're fake but, boy, they're going to – everything, as Dave says, is calculated. And, um, you know, Peyton's situation at Tennessee with the young trainer and all that kind of stuff, man, they just – they took out the sharp knives to to try to, you know, make sure that was as buried as much as possible. So they don't – I mean, it is very much like – they're going to be they're really prim and proper and nice publicly but if you cross them the the knives will come out and and that's kind of that's exactly right. very controlling very organized um i think good people personally at least my background but yeah you you don't want to cross them yeah they Let's, did a uh,
2: good job covering that up stuff like I. Y- yeah
3: yeah it's yeah. i mean
1: it's it's, it's a, a, a thing job. um yeah. so but that, again, I, if, if I'm a scout or a coach, I would appreciate knowing where I stand. I got no problem. Let's run through uh, some of these visitors, just some quick hitters and what you're hearing. I can actually pronounce Omuleva" <laughs> now, so I'm very <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs>
0: I, I did it. I got it. I nailed it. I'm, um we We're call on. him just call yeah. him nico just call yeah. him nico yeah. all right i almost got it chris
1: but nevertheless
0: so he's like tua t- it's like
3: tua yeah. just you know nico just tua and just don't on yeah. I'm, not give, I'm not one to give up chris i think i you know, know i know i know so, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> excuse me um so Nico's the top-rated prospect on campus let's run through some other ones you just go ahead and Ethan ask about Francis out of IMG Academy because I don't want to mess that one up
0: too. Uh, so go ahead and ask uh, about
1: Francis.
0: Well, yeah, let's make sure I'm getting this right. Francis Maui Goa, right? Offensive tackle. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, okay. He's a Samoan
3: uh, American Samoa kid. He's really got great size, heavy hands, six five, three thirty. I mean, when he jolt you, um, I mean, he's really can fire off and I, I think, um, uh, is an outstanding run blocker. Um, I, I'm curious to see how he develops. I think he's more of a right tackle type of guy, but he can come up with a flat back and, and fire off and be a really good run blocker I like his length. Um, uh, you know, I think eventually he'll end up being, um, inside a guard. So, um, you know we'll see but i think he can be a right tackle type guy he's got got a really good future those guys those guys are really really tough too and of course he went into you know IMG and kind of went through that that whole uh process too
1: talk about, uh those guys i you know i can i can say this because i, I talked to someone who covers recruiting uh in california just the day Polynesian guys they are tougher and i had a cousin that lived in um In Hawaii, and he said to me, This is 20 years ago. He I said, Man, that looks like a tough guy. And he goes, Man, you ain't seen tough till you've seen Polynesian. (laughs) And um, and then we had Greg Biggins on from 247. He said they'd be playing wiffle ball and they'd just stop and have a fist fight about the wiffle ball game. (laughs) So I mean, I I don't I don't want to mess with them. They usually,
3: they usually, my background in, in scouting them and in recruiting and in recruiting world is if they come from large families mostly. They work really hard together, and they're they're very very loyal to one another. So it's like it's almost ingrained in their family that that when they play, they're very team oriented, very unselfish, and they're very tough. They're a lot of you know big boned and they. They grow, and then you have the the ones that are that are not as big, but a little more athletic. But they're all tough, and I think they're all really good team guys. At least that's been the case. Yeah.
1: Let's let's bounce uh, through this. What do you think? What are you hearing as far as the greatest competition for Francis?
3: Well, I mean, I you know, I to be honest with you, you you hear a lot uh, about Alabama, Florida, Miami, Tennessee. Uh, I think USC is. Um, you know, another always got to be a strong possibility. But I'm curious to see with his background, it's one of the things I've been following since the IMD Academy's come in. When you have guys that come from another part of the country that go there, uh, they either, I see half of them kind of get indoctrinated almost to Southern and the Southern culture in Southern football and some of them just say, I don't get back, not West, you know. So I don't know what the I don't know what the situation is. I don't get a feeling, um, you know. I know Holman Wiggins and, and Eric Wolford's recruiting at Alabama. I know Florida's done a good job with them. I know Miami, Tennessee. Um, I know Golich and uh, uh, and Glenn both have, have recruited them well at Tennessee. I don't have a feel for the uh, lean right now. I don't know if you guys do.
1: No, I don't. Yeah um don't so let's I don't want to take up too much of your time so let's run through a couple of these other guys I wanted to ask you about uh Hunter Osborne defensive lineman Trustville Alabama what are you hearing about his possible recruitment and what do you think about his play
3: yeah you know you hear a lot of Auburn you hear a lot of Clemson you hear a lot of Alabama you hear a little Texas as well along with Tennessee um and by the way if I were to kind of go back and honestly say I said I don't think there's a a guy like this, to me, uh, is probably as important as anybody. The question of who – I think I think guys that can rush the passer, um, to me, are bigger – even bigger priorities right now. You know, I never have enough of those guys.
1: All right. Uh, Jordan Matthews out of Baton Rouge. I've said for a number of years – you live in Baton Rouge. I've said that as far as an in-state school, if they want a prospect, it's uh, – Louisiana, the state, is the toughest of all the states to pull a prospect out of if LSU really wants you. I've stood by that for 20 years.
3: Yeah, and and, and certainly um, a, a guy that can run and play corner, the history of corners playing at LSU helps too. But I'm hearing an awful lot of Texas with them, so... It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but um, I I would probably give the Texas a lean and certainly, you know, LSU is in the mix there, A&M. And you know what? He has some level of interest in, um, uh, in Michigan. Uh, So it's kind of interesting to see there.
1: Uh, Jeremiah Cobb running back out of Montgomery Catholic, another four-star guy.
3: Yeah. I'm, I, I think that's a strong, Auburn lean, at least that's what I'm hearing there, so um, we'll see where that goes, but um, again, I'm trusting it, but but that Montgomery area is big, big uh, that's the one area of the state that's more Auburn than Alabama. Um, they recruit very well there, and it, 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 a lot of the family members are very, very uh, pro-Auburn folks. Uh, Jakeem Jackson, Osceola uh, cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To send me there, uh, you know, Auburn's in it as well. I know that Tennessee, Alabama, um, I, I, you know, Kentucky is, is uh, they've got some interest there, but in, and in Penn state, but um, I don't see a strong lean there anywhere. I don't know uh, how I would forecast it there. I, I you know, I, I would probably go with Auburn, Tennessee and Alabama. Um, but I, I, don't know. That could be one that could end up uh, at a Penn State. They've done a pretty good job of going in there and getting good skill position guys on defense. So, we know I struggle
1: with Polynesian names. How about Nordic names? <laughs> Shamrod yumarov That one's pretty simple. I mean, uh, uh,
3: out of uh, Alpharetta now via Denmark. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Um. You know, I don't get, get a sense of who's the favorite, but, you know – that's one of those that you got to. I feel, and I felt like Georgia's, um, you know, remember that Matt Luke was the guy that really had a good relationship with him. I think Brad Davis is doing a good job with him, uh, the assistant coach, offensive line coach at LSU. Um, I think those are the guys, but I think Tennessee's definitely in the mix. I would say that Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, uh, i tell you who's doing a good job recruiting him. Mel Tucker at Michigan State. I still think he stays in the SEC. Certainly if Georgia wants him, LSU wants him, Tennessee wants him, I think it's one of those three. But I don't have a a lean. If I had to, I would probably say Georgia lean if they want and got room for him, and I think they do.
1: Chris Landry's appearance today is uh, brought to you by Craft Treats, uh, who sponsors uh, his edition of Chalk Talk once a week. Uh, Also – Brought to you by Owls Nest Barbecue, uh, where they have the best rubs in the land. And also, don't think that way, Amanda. They also have great smokers. You go with your Deshaun Watson <laughs> You You
2: didn't Made say me it that way. I, I got to go take a
1: shower. I feel dirty. So, well. um, <laughs> uh, And also uh, brought to you by Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil there in Oodawa. Uh, Steve Ray's Midnight. Oil service and tire direct in Udawah, the first choice in tires, auto repair and regular vehicle maintenance, such as oil changes, wheel alignments and brake repair. Always keeping customers happy and soon to be the mattress place. So we're looking forward to that. Thank you, Steve. And I will tell you more about the mattress place as we move on. So Chris is a hot commodity. Blessed to work with him and. I hope you have a fantastic day. I can't tell you the amount of knowledge you, you bring to our website and to, to our podcast, and it, it means the world to work with you. I've been a huge fan for a long, long time, and um, we're actually in a good spot thanks to Fan Response
3: way better than i dreamed and you're a big
1: part of that so i want to take well
3: you're very nice to say that it's a a pleasure and an honor to be on with you guys and i hope you enjoy the weekend and i hope it's not as hot uh as (laughs) it is here we're having record like no rain record heat here which is um you know Mm -hmm. it's always hot here in south louisiana but it's like yeah, it's just ridiculous. So, hope you're not dealing with that. As uh, I go to the Manning Passing Academy, and I'm thinking, you know, I I just got to do a, give a little speech, but I'm thinking, be coaching because I I used to do a lot of camp coaching. I would not want to be coaching out. Uh, maybe I would. I'd, I'd sweat uh, enough uh, weight. I'd probably lose 20 pounds. But have a great weekend. Always great to be with you guys. Yep, great stuff, you, buddy.
1: Thanks. Certainly appreciate, you appreciate it. Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. He is uh, really, really good. Um, so the info there, and you know, we—I well, think we kind of danced around it a little bit. But as far as the guys coming in, yeah, I think, I think Hunter Osborne. If Tennessee could snap their fingers, and this is just me on the outside looking in. Okay, I'll tell you when I'm sourcing something and, and talking to, but I think on the outside looking in, you'd want that uh, Hunter Osborne more than anybody
0: that's in this weekend. Ethan, am I wrong? Him, he'd be a good one because I think he brought up a good point about pass rushers. I mean, especially at the college level, getting to a quarterback that likely isn't going to be an Arch Manning, Nico type of player, isn't going to have that route running, isn't going to have the safety net. You can create a lot of problems. If you can rush the quarterback, get pressure on him, make him throw mistakes, make it easier on your secondary stuff like that's important. I think Francis now we go though. Uh, get, get get a big guy, obviously Polynesian guy like you guys were talking about. Big guy in the trenches that's always important.
1: They're going to turn down either one of them. I think yeah, obviously, I, mean, I think we're both kind of we're both kind of right. Um, I I'm just a little bit surprised he said he could slide inside the guard. So if he slides inside the guard that there's more of those guys typically than there are tackles. So that, that to me, would put Osborne, just in my opinion, as the most coveted prospect mm. that's going to be in town that's not already committed. And we didn't really even mention Tamari and Parker. He's uh, committed to Penn State, but he's from Alabama. So he's coming in on Saturday, so we'll see what happens. All right, our, our poll question, where do we stand on that? It was uh, restate that if you can, Ethan,
0: and uh, let us know. Where we be there? Yeah, as of right now, it's seventy-five, twenty-five, forty. Yes, they do so care the whether question. or not they do care whether or not Tennessee Neyland Stadium has above a one-thousand-person capacity. hundred thousand. One thousand. Oh, did I say one thousand? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm in a hundred thousand. Obviously, I can, I'd I say can. they'd care over a yeah. thousand.
1: <laughs> I think we've all proven we can get a thousand people together. Uh, well, um, well. <laughs> go to offthehooksports.com. And lastly, this day in sports slash ball history is brought to you by Zul Beer. Amanda, Zool Beer is absolutely awesome. I'm going to stop. Buy today and pick up some samples they bring you the ball report with josh ward each and every week and they just uh they're worldwide award winners that's pretty strong
2: yeah it's great and honestly it's the best i didn't like beer before i started working there i'm not gonna lie i didn't drink beer I hardly drink <laughs> at all but the sours i'm hooked i am hooked they are so good
1: how are those craft how are those craft beers i've never had one of those Craft anyway so <laughs> not not one time zoolbeer no i've had a couple of craft beers in my day and zoolbeer it's right up the top Beer company and they've got the great panoramic view you can sit downtown and have a fantastic time so go to off the to learn more and about the balls, and we're going to have some info throughout the weekend on the crouton and um uh, this day in Tennessee slash ball slash sports history. Where are we going here, Ethan?
0: Uh yeah, it's going to be more just sports history. Could not sure. find anything on the balls today. Sure. Um, I guess we could. No, there's not really anything on the balls. I I found a couple pretty interesting things that Uh, Shaquille right, O'Neal on. was drafted first overall to the Magic 1992 today, and also. What's well, Let's go with Shaquille O'Neal for half a
2: second.
0: Also, the Chicago Bears got their name today. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Shaquille
1: O'Neal is one of those once-in-a-lifetime athletes. Mm. I don't know. I I still remember when he was in Orlando. He was goofing around. And here he is at 300 pounds, and he pulls his shirt up on the plane being silly, and he's got a six-pack. Now, that wasn't later in his career, but I don't think people realize that he was a seven-foot, 300-pound machine that was Mm -hmm. so physically gifted. He didn't work that hard, quite honestly. I I don't think people realize the freakish athlete. Ethan, if if a Shaquille O'Neal came into our world again, what would be his role in this changing
0: NBA? I mean, it's, it's a different game. I want to preface this by saying they are not the same person. Before I say this, the closest we have right now is Zion Williamson, in my opinion, and he is not working out. (laughs) So obviously they're very different players. Zion's a power forward, not really a center, but uh, I I feel like they have similar, just, I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to get a bucket here in a second. Uh, His rookie year, especially Zion was a really really good player and he's having a little bit of problems with keeping I guess his body in top physical form like Shaq was able to and you know like I say they're different players but that has not worked out for Zion and I I think a guy like Shaq if you get a dude that is that big of a specimen you can't really you can't put him on the bench can you like if, if Shaq was drafted in 1992 form in 2022. I think he'd still do pretty well. Um it would be different though because obviously it's a guard heavy game right now. Um if, if you don't have good guard play, you're not going to get far in the tournament or not the tournament. You're not going to get far in the postseason. It's just how it works.
1: Uh the Bears called the Bears and used to be the Chicago Staley's. Kind of... Decatur Staley's yeah. actually. But... Yeah, cuz Staley was the owner. Mm-hmm. And you go back and uh, Paul Brown left the Bears to start the Browns, mm-hmm. and there's uh, some some just absolutely incredible stories um, about some, some just very, very odd things that happened back in the day. Uh, there's mm-hmm. one guy, you, you talk about freak athletes, the other one, and I know that you're going to think, that I'm reaching here but what was the one biggest freak athlete in Tennessee football history? Reggie White. That's a, a good really one. one. Freak athlete. I mean I think Eric Berry deserves to be in the conversation. Eric Berry. I mean I was thinking Reggie White. Got mine. Uh, the, the 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 greatest one was Doug Atkins. Um, that's fair. Yeah. A 6 a guy that's, you know, 280 at the time and would literally hurdle hurdle over offensive lineman. well i thought of doug because i had the opportunity to interview him many years ago and after i took out all the curse words it was one of the i taped it it was one of the few interviews that i enjoyed going back and listening to because i don't like my own voice but it was so wild back in the nfl that amanda before games when he played for the Bears, you know what he would do just to pass the time when he got to the stadium? Well, he got to Wrigley Field because the games were played in Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. This is a history lesson, kids. So, you know what he would yeah. do? What? He would sit up in the upper deck and shoot pigeons with a 22 <laughs> Before the game!
2: That sounds mentally stable.
1: Yeah. He was not mentally stable, but... Well, clearly. He was, but he was a freaky... Goofy athlete. So, have a fantastic weekend, everyone. I did. I did my job today. I got. uh I got our poll question in, and we got her this day in sports history. So we're yeah. and you, that, you know?
2: and you butchered that name, Nico. Oh, that once again.
1: Uh-oh. Hey. oh. leaving on the good
2: note. I'm oh, sorry. No. We just need to go oh, with Nico. No. Just go with Nico.
1: Nico. <laughs> iamuleva <Nico, laughs> nope. Uh oh. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everyone. This is a presentation of Off Dog Sports.